I've got Susan Temple with me in the studio today. How are you, Susan? I'm great. It's really interesting when you've got all these new little devices around and you've got to try to remember to do this and that. They are very schmick, colourful they are, aren't they? That yes, you have. they could be like a little Christmas tree in its own. That's right. Much more sophisticated than what I used on community radio back <laughs> yeah. in the 1980s. Yes, yes, it's all getting very interesting and very new. Talking about community, you've been out and about like you are always everywhere. I honestly at times wonder how you can fit so much in, yet at the same time you give everyone that special part of time. You don't rush it. Look, it's the, one of the things I absolutely love about the privilege of having this role is that you get invited to a lot of things mm. and you get let into a lot of things mm. um, where people share, you know, yeah. stuff that you would normally not see below yeah. the surface. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it is... I think, I, I think the... Um, it's a big community geographically and yeah. it's only possible to do it when you have, um, well, I've got a very understanding husband. Oh, you'd have to. <laughs> who kind of likes that um, I just get out and do my own thing. Yeah. Um, but he's always there for me if I get home at, you know, 10 o'clock at night and yeah. haven't managed to have anything to eat. Yeah. Uh, he'll happily whip me up yeah. uh, something. Yeah. So, he look... It is my choice to make that commitment. That's right. Not, not every member of parliament's in a position to do that. Yeah. If you've got, you know, other family commitments yeah. and things. Yeah. But and I'm if you've got young lucky. family too, that can be a hard. Look, thing. I take my hat off to women with with children, younger yeah. children who juggle it. You know, I've got a thirty year old and a twenty seven year old, yeah. and and they still want mum time. Of course. Uh, yeah. And I still manage to do that. In fact, one of the things I've managed to squeeze in over the last few weeks is yeah. to help. Uh, with some foster puppies that oh. my daughter has. Yeah. So I get to be, you know, uh, do grand puppy duties. I was duties. going to say grand puppy <laughs> duties now. There you go. It's <laughs> closest thing to a grandchild that I'll have for a bit, I think. Okay. Um, and these beautiful little, they were five days old when oh, wow. she was asked to look after them by the RSPCA yeah. as a foster carer. Yeah. Uh, and it's the first litter of puppies that yeah. she's had. And these were three of 11 Staffy wow. Cross puppies that were yeah. dumped. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, she's looking after those. They needed feeding every two and a yeah. half hours. And people who do this will know exactly. Oh what's involved yeah it was a shock to me to yeah. see it's really a 24-hour thing it's a commitment it is and yeah. of course my daughter was finishing a university semester starting a new hospitality yeah. job yeah. keeping her existing job and doing yeah. all the things she does Multitasking. she's a she's a well, a um let's just do everything kind yeah. of kid yeah uh, but yeah these puppies have been gorgeous and to yeah. watch them really recover from being yeah. dumped and thriving it there must be about yeah. five or six weeks so old how now. do you let go I think she's got very attached to one of them. Yes. Um, but Have they, you? Uh, no. I mean, look, they are just all gorgeous. Yes. Uh, but in my head, I know I don't have space in my no. life for a puppy. No. It'd have to go to <laughs> Parliament with you. That's right. And that's not allowed. I was going to ask you that. I no. mean, I know that people take their little fur friends in. So has anyone ever snuck one in? We've had guide dogs in yeah. Parliament. Yeah, I can and we've that. had um, various... Uh, Police dogs have yeah. been there for events, just kind of yeah. showcase what the AFP does, yeah. for instance. Um, and, you know, we get the odd koala or, oh, right. yeah. um, you know, beautiful uh, native yeah. animal in there when yeah. we're doing this some kind of awareness raising yes. event. Yes. But no, it's not a place okay. that you can bring your 
bring yeah. your puppy to work. Okay, so uh, no zoo as in animals, that's I'll right. say. I won't say anything <laughs> no, else other than not. that. I'll leave it at that one. Uh, so, look, talking about Parliament, I mean, it's been a rather interesting year when you look at it. I mean, you've had so much chunks of COVID out. I know you spent a long time there and you were having to actually quarantine in and out each time. So where your time would have been taken anyway you had to stretch that in as well. So how did that work for... Did a lot of people not go to Parliament because of that? A lot of people made the choice that they couldn't be in Parliament because yeah. not only would they have to quarantine coming into the ACT, mm. but they'd also have to quarantine going home to their yeah. state. Yeah. Now, I only had to quarantine for one sitting of Parliament, okay. but I had to stay down there for quite a long time yeah. so that I didn't have to sort of come back, yeah. quarantine again. Yeah. Um, and that was in July. So we were in lockdown here. Yes. So essentially, you know, it wasn't hugely different, I suppose. I went down to Canberra. Yeah. I had to spend two weeks on my own. I wasn't yeah. allowed to leave my little no. unit that I have. Yeah. Uh, and that was just two weeks of getting groceries delivered to the door. Yeah. Um, I had... It was, the timing was quite good. The Olympics were on. It was that, oh. that period of winter. Yeah. So there was always something that, yeah. you know, to distract you. But I had a lot of hearings. My yeah. parliamentary select committee into suicide prevention and mental health, yeah. had, we had a lot of scheduled hearings. So yeah. some days I'd be on a, a video meeting yeah. from nine in the morning till, till yeah. four in the afternoon yeah. of just back-to-back -back stuff yeah. and that wasn't just me that was me that was the chair yeah um uh fiona dr fiona martin who's a government member mm -hmm. who was really committed to that inquiry um emma mcbride who was a labor mp who was the deputy chair and anne stanley and myself as the other two members yeah. who were the most regular attendees and then a couple of other liberal mps joined from time to time it's um, a very so big subject that one it was but it was yeah. you know terrific to have something very purposeful to do yeah. in quarantine yeah. Yeah. so I wasn't just twiddling my thumbs I was <laughs> able to really focus yeah. and, and work on that and so two weeks of quarantine I had my 58th birthday in oh, quarantine there you go happy birthday thank all you that they're, time yeah, back. all that yeah. time ago I'm halfway yeah. to the next one yeah um and you know did one of those family zooms with my kids yeah. and my brother in Spain and we yeah. all had a, a you know we all ate our dinners separately but together and yeah then we had a couple of weeks of parliament we had a, a week in between and another couple of weeks so it was sort of a seven week stint I think I was down there for yeah. but you know others other MPs did it much tougher yeah. they missed being in parliament right uh, you know, not going to Parliament and just zooming in remotely to deliver yeah. a speech is not it's part doesn't, of... It's not it, is it? No. no. It, look, you know, you can say a few things and get things on the record, but yeah. you're not there, you can't vote. Yeah, okay. And that is one of our key responsibilities, after yeah. all, to be in Parliament to, to vote. vote. Yeah. Um, so, look... We, so it was not stop, tough. But does that stop things going through because there wasn't full parliaments or life had to still go on? Yeah, we um, we worked really hard with the government to yep. agree a revised set of rules for parliament. Yeah, uh, We agreed and negotiated with them and came up with a set of guidelines that both sides were happy with. Yeah. Now, just as we have right through COVID... 
uh, is, you know, at the beginning of last year when it really hit, we said whatever needs to be passed yeah. to get money to people, to support people, yeah. we will do. Mm. You know, it doesn't mean that we just said, oh, yeah, whatever you want. Yeah. We would still um, have to put our case yeah. and yeah. give reasons why we thought it could be done differently or better. Uh, but there has, as much as possible, been that sort of cooperation. Parliament has to operate. Yes. You know, without a place to um, for us to hold the government to account yeah. or for laws to be changed, yeah. you, you know, Australians deserve to have people yeah. in Parliament speaking for yeah. them. Um, so that's been a really positive thing that our parliament has managed to keep sitting. Yeah. Um, I was happy to head down for seven yeah. weeks. That is a small price to pay yeah. compared to what a lot of other people have gone through. Well, as you well, totally agree with you on that one. I mean, there's been so many stories through uh, COVID of businesses and we're probably going to go into another subject now, which we do, but um, looking at businesses and how they're surviving now... I was listening to a couple of uh, people the other day in the street and they were saying that people aren't coming back out to the shops. And I look at that and I think, hmm, I'm not quite too sure. I'd like your take on this because I know everyone went to online buying and that became e type of thing, which was great. But then the thing that came from that was that parcels weren't getting delivered in time. So your next day delivery from Australia Post didn't happen. Nothing against Australia Post just that it was overloaded. So I feel, in my little thinking here, is that everyone's got to go getting close to Christmas. Oh, my God, am I going to get that parcel delivered in time? And I think it'll push people back out. Have you... What have you seen? Well, well, there's a really important point about Australia Post. They mm. are saying that if you don't get your parcel in the post today, yep. it will not be guaranteed any delivery by Christmas. Well, there you go. That's so on today now. is the last day. Mm-hmm. Now, that's if you're sending something to yeah. someone. And I guess um, online people will make decisions about yeah. uh, deliveries. Uh, I think there's a lot of... It's all very uneven. So you mm. could talk to ten people and half will say, yep, things are great and people are out, and the other half will say, it's pretty quiet. Um, so there's an unevenness to yeah. the economy. Depending on what they're selling, probably. Maybe... Yeah. Might be the area. It, look, I yeah. can't unpack all the reasons okay. why, but yeah. what I do know is that there's um, level some levels of confidence for some businesses, and others are just taking it one day at a time. Yeah. And look, you can understand uh, the, especially with new variants coming. Older people, in particular, mm. are, are some of them are very cautious. Um, there are also people who, for medical reasons, yeah. were exempt from being yeah. vaccinated. Yeah. They that doesn't make them any safer when no. there are new variants around, no. so they're extra cautious. Yeah, and and I think we're all adapting to a new environment yeah. that we're operating in, and you know we we do just I just there's not not going to be hard and fast rules no. for how people are feeling. We it will is, all yeah. feel differently. We will, uh, and I think people have to respect that. It's uh, a very interesting time, actually, as you mentioned it. Sorry. Yeah, because yeah. these lockdowns we've had, like apparently Queensland's opening up today, so that's the first time in a long time. But I- the answer, is it to lock down or not to lock down? You know, this is a really big one. And how long do you let a new variant come in and grab hold before you pull the pin and go no? And, you know, can we keep going through economy fluctuations like we do? You know, so... 
it's like we're chucking it all in the melting pot. We don't really know what's going to come out. We don't, but I think there's a strong feeling across every level of government that we don't mm. want to see lockdowns, mm. that individuals taking responsibility if they are COVID positive is really important. Yeah. I, I mean, one of the things that frustrates me is we have this incredible tool of self-testing, rapid yeah. antigen self-testing, yeah. But no one's using it very much. Um, business, some businesses are, and they're having to buy it. Mm. It isn't being distributed. A lot of countries distributed rapid antigen self-testing kits for free. Yes. In Britain, you go into a pharmacy and you get a month's supply. Mm. It's just part of the health system yeah. because they're really encouraging people to yeah. monitor their own COVID yeah. status. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not about so much about being vaccinated or unvaccinated so much as am I COVID positive? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because if I am, I need to take responsibility right. to not yeah. share it, even if I'm not showing yeah. symptoms. So there is a tool and it really puzzles me that there's not a greater encouragement of using that tool. I bought a couple last week at a petrol station, so they were slightly more expensive. They were $15 each, a two-pack yeah. for $29. Yeah. Um, I understand that when supermarkets have supplies, they're around about a $10 yeah. um, per test. But it's a screening tool, so you're meant to do it sort of every few days, yeah. that's not affordable for it's most not, people. No. Um, but it might be that before people go to a big family gathering or a big thing at Christmas that mm. they might want to do a test. And I certainly know I've had a, some big gatherings and, and my intent is to, to do, uh, do one this week just to yeah. be sure that nothing that I've had contact with over the last week or so has and resulted in it. It's And I agree with you. I mean, I would have hoped that maybe um, this would have been rolled out in government, to be honest with you, because uh, yeah. it's, uh, it's actually a safeguard to not have to go into these great big slumps and uh, then have a really big pull on the economy. So it's like putting a little bit of money out right. to gather a great big lot of money back in. Yeah. So it's... Uh, it is... Look, it is... Is that something that, I you, think it, that I your think party will fight for, do you think, or not? Look, we'll wait till we're in government and yeah, see okay. what the situation is with yeah. things, I think. Yeah. But from my perspective, I can just see how much confidence it could give people. And I'll give you an yeah. example. You know, my, my daughter was working and one of her colleagues was... Uh, found to be COVID positive and that young woman had worked a shift at work. As a consequence, a whole all of them who'd worked with yep. her and either side of her essentially yep. had to be tested twice and not go to work till they had two mm. negative tests back, yep. one on day one and one on the sixth day since yep. contact. As a consequence, a whole lot of them lost an entire week's wages. Yep. So They're casual fair. workers, they yep. you know, they, mm. they don't get any entitlement for sick leave. So they, yeah, they lost money doing the right thing. They will always do the right thing and the business owner will do it too, but the business owner's got a cost to pay, the workers have a price that they pay. Uh, whereas if she'd been tested before she started work, she wouldn't have worked that whole shift. That's right. It would have reduced yeah. the amount of people who Impact. were contact. Yeah. Yeah. So they're the sorts of things I'm puzzled that yeah. the government hasn't supported, especially small business yeah. more, who have the least capacity to spend more money well, and yeah. eat into their very, you know, for yeah. some slim profits. And, and I think 
too, that when we look at this, we can look at also the volunteer sector, right? So we've got um, a lot of people that volunteer, young and older people volunteer. And I, I do see myself that the elderly are very concerned, and rightly so, okay, about this. Now, if they had that reassurance, they may be able to do what's... You know, so I'm going to go mental health here because that's my thing. But to get out and to be in a place and to be socialising, to be talking, to be given a purpose, to be given value is extremely important for mental health. So this one little test, we'll get these people out, we'll get them into places, we'll stop a lot of anxiety that they're creating. And, you know, I mean, our volunteers, how are we going? You're out and about. What are you seeing with that? All the feedback I'm getting from volunteer groups is that some volunteers have not come back. Mm. And now groups, um, some groups are have worked really hard during COVID. And I've certainly seen a lot of the Rotary Clubs working really hard yeah. to keep members engaged. Yeah. Um, I was at Pioneer Village the other day for the AGM, same thing, mm. working really hard to keep people engaged and keep things happening either virtually or where they can in person. But other places I've been are saying, look, a whole bunch of our volunteers have not come back. Yeah. They've either, um, you know, they have some caution about mm. being back out in the public, mm. but you all can also lose the habit of volunteering. It's not something um, that when you, you know, people fill their lives with other things yeah, potentially right. too. Yeah. So I think we're going to actually have to work really hard as a community to reinvigorate the volunteer yeah. sec sector. The volunteers who have been out there doing things the whole time, yeah. the food relief organisations. Oh, helping hands, yeah. Absolutely. Mm. Um, Mountain of Joy, yeah. um, the living room, all those, they are so stretched. Okay. They have done phenomenal work. Mm. They've filled a gap that government left. Yeah. They've done extraordinary things, but they, you know... Look, if you, if anyone feels that they have the capacity to volunteer, yeah. reach out to an organisation yeah. whose work you like, uh, even if it's only for a couple of hours a I week. I was going to say that yeah. makes all the difference. Yes, yes. Um, I, I think you know, I'd really like to see yeah. a. a community-wide campaign around this. I, I like to, too, for the fact that I think communities is really a hub that holds everything together. And, you know, it's, as I said, you've got the mental health thing as well there. But when you look at it, I mean, the SES have got volunteers, right? So when we have those down times, when we had the flood and, of course, now the river's rising again, you know, people go, OK, well, we want our SES, we want all those supporters, we want the volunteers. Yet... We don't have an SES hub over the other side of the river, do we? There is nothing... There's nothing that's changed in decades across the other side yeah. of the river. I mean, in an emergency, the North Richmond Community Centre has an extraordinary yes. capacity to be upgraded. Like, you've already got a great centre there and they yeah. did incredible work yeah. during the floods. Mm. Um, but they don't have showering showering facilities and things you could upgrade that and this isn't my plan this is yeah. something that council has yeah. looked into and yeah. examined um and, and is I there movement with council on that do you know they i look you'd Whatever. have to ask council okay, in terms yeah. of it but i know they put it mm. forward a few years ago to yeah. request funding from the federal government that wasn't forthcoming yeah um so there but we know so we know there's capacity to yeah. do it yeah. uh 
and I'm absolutely behind that. Mm. The you know there also isn't an ambulance station or yeah. a fire station. We yeah. have our wonderful RFS volunteers, but there's all sorts of infrastructure and facilities like that that are missing across the river. And they need to get onto that because they are opening up that in a lot of property development over there too. Really, there are large projections of yep. a population increase yep. on that side of the river. And every time I look at another New South Wales government document, yep. I see increases. I think even yesterday there was a Sydney Water assessment that there might be a 70% increase in the population wow. by whatever date, you know, yeah. years down the track. Yeah. But everybody knows that there's been population growth without infrastructure. Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, you know, the road was one of the first things people talked about. It was a decade ago yeah. that we did the first study, that Labor funded the first study into duplicating that bridge. Yeah. A decade ago. Yeah. And nothing has Nothing has changed on the ground except the $20 million that did the intersection upgrades that, again, was committed by me in 2010. took the state government a really long time to put the money, use the money and get it so that it benefits people. So there are all those things that... Um, there's so much potential for the things yeah. we can do. Well, the thing just, is, can I just say on yeah, the sorry. on the river? You mentioned yeah. the river. Yeah, last night I was driving, or late evening driving across mm-hmm. Yarramundi was almost licking the bottom of the wow. bridge. It seems a little bit lower okay. today, but that's yeah. obviously water spilling yeah. uh, from Warragamba yeah. and everyone. I think you know when you cross at North Richmond, you can certainly see oh, um, totally. higher water levels. Totally. And uh, I've been through Yarramundi. My son lives up that way now, so it's sort of a little thing I go up to. And, uh, you know, you look at the devastation that went at Yarramundi. It's like a war yeah. zone. yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. And, I mean, if no-one got to see what it was like, if you go down there, you can see it. It's absolutely amazing. Well, a lot of it's underwater right now. Yeah. But you can still see those fallen trees. A lot of people have um, asked me about that and we've made mm. inquiries about, you know, what is going to happen there. Yep. It's it's a different kind of walk now than you yeah. had pre-flood. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of debris uh, and... Um, when we speak to council, council says it's not really its responsibility. Resilience yep. New South Wales says it's not really its responsibility. Right. So there is no plan to for any to kind of uh, remediation of it. Yeah. They're going. Nature is going to take its yeah. course. The issue people have raised is though, what about more of that big? Um, debris being pushed down the river and so we keep raising it we keep flagging it as a safety concern well it is a safety concern we had someone die the other day down there in a canoe so um kayaking and i I don't know the circumstances no i don't either but i'd hate to think that our rivers get big okay and people do even though they're advised not to go into the river they do do it now you've got a lot of under under the river, a lot of trees are under there that can cause snagging, tangling and get caught in it. And, you know, I mean, I get it that you shouldn't be in the river if it's raising, but unfortunately people do do that and unfortunately lives are lost because of this. Yeah, look, one of the things that both uh, I raised and the state member, Robin Preston, raised with Resilience New South Wales after the flood was the cleaning out the debris from the river. And Resilience New South Wales and the powers that be had made a decision that only um, man-made debris was going to be taken out. And both Robin and I Mm. uh, made made very strong points and cases for the fact that natural debris just below the surface could just as easily wipe out a water skier as 
man-made debris and we requested that Resilience New South Wales go back and seek more information, raise more issues and as a consequence we were advised there was more of a clean-up. But I have concerns and I'm sure Robin does too just about the safety of the river. Yeah. Well, hopefully they'll do something about that. So um, now, next year we have election. We do. Yes. We know that for a fact. We do. And uh, we just don't know exactly when. No, that is entirely up to the Prime Minister. Right. Okay. Um, The speculation is, I mean, this is just very widely reported, so anyone who's reading the papers or listening to radio will hear this. Uh, There's a sort of an opportunity for an election to be called just after Australia Day. Oh, okay. And then that would be held in March. Yes. The second option is that the Prime Minister waits Mm. and... Uh, does a mini budget in April, and rather than there be any debate about that, yeah, uh, not a mini budget, an early budget, I should yeah. say, yeah, uh, and calls the election straight yeah. after that. So that would be a May election, yeah. and that is the latest time that it yeah. can happen is May, okay, uh, with the window that that is allowed. So yes, we do. In one of the months that starts with M. We've got an election. Well, we got that narrowed down, <laughs> then, didn't think, we? <laughs> I think people who just got through a council election is probably yeah. the last thing they want to oh. be thinking about. Look, it probably is, but I mean, it's um, like I was going to say, how does that go for you? But you're so busy anyway, you'll just be doing your normal thing, won't you? I'll be doing what I do. You know, we it's all very well to think about it as being some sort of contest, but... Mm. Um, my office is there helping people every single yeah. day yeah. and that's what my team will do. Mm. There'll be uh, things that we do. People will start to hear um, Labor talking a lot more about what we would do if we were in government mm. and we've certainly talked about um, a whole range of policies and anyone who wants to ask me anything about them is more than happy yeah. to get in touch yeah. and say, well, what's your policy on this? There's a whole uh, website of Labor's policies. Every yeah. time we announce them, we yeah. cost them, we put up the detail uh, and there'd be a couple of dozen policies there already. Everything from uh, reducing the cost of childcare to having a target for 2030 emissions yeah. at 43% yeah. so that we can actually actually uh, renew our energy um, employment space. We, it's all yeah. about creating jobs in renewables That's right. and reducing the cost of yes. electricity for people. Yes. Uh, so there's a stack of policies. Yeah. Um, making more things here, manufacturing stuff oh, well, that would be in lovely. Australia. And yeah. there's um, not just policies but mm. a, a way of jointly funding those things yeah. to help make that happen. Yeah. Uh, so there's you're going. People will start to hear more of that. Yeah. Um, they'll also hear what local commitments are. So, yeah. federal elections they're about Australia yeah. as a nation, our yeah. place in the world. But it also drills down to what differences would there be at well, a local level? It does because I mean, at the end of the day, we're voting in some ways from a community base, aren't we? That's right. Yeah. So we're, we're looking at well, what's going on in the community. I never really understand. Um, why they don't have the, like, we know Sarah's going to be doing, you're running against Sarah, I think it is, isn't it? Uh, The Liberals did announce a candidate at the weekend. Okay, so why don't, like, if you're in here and liberalism, why don't Liberal put an office together and put someone in there to be talking already? And opposite where there is, is that a thing that happens or is it... People don't bother doing that. They wait for an election. I think it's it's the cost of doing those things right. can be really okay. difficult. Okay. Um, certainly when I have been the candidate previously, yeah. we've opened um, an office somewhere yeah. where people can pop in. Right. Uh, 
and and do those sorts of things. But yeah. you know, campaigns are well. There's just been a council campaign. Yeah. Everyone can see what it's yeah. like. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, and and yes, I don't think yeah. it's anyone's favourite time. No. Uh, so, you know, I think the key thing is for people. Yeah. My my advice to people would be. Uh, if you hear something that either doesn't sound right or doesn't match with what you know, just ask. Oh, totally. Or even if you've, yeah. if people hear something that they go, well, I don't know if that's right, yeah. come to the source. I'm yeah. always happy to have yeah. a chat and my office is always yeah. happy to have a chat uh, because I think I think we know it'll be high stakes. This oh, yeah. is about the future of Australia. Yeah. It's about the kind of place that we live in and mm. whether we work to, you know, whether the gap the gap is widening, whether we want to try and make this can you bring this community together again yeah they're the sorts of things that i i think are yes. at stake this this it's election going to be a very interesting six look months it, into yeah, the new year isn't it it, it will but yeah. look i really hope that people take a break over summer because oh, gotcha. i think everyone is tired mm. when i talk to people and i say how are you going they go oh i'm tired i'm just limping That's towards what you christmas said to me and i said it to you <laughs> yeah and and well i i um yeah, I love what I do, but yeah. I know that we all need a little bit of we a do. recharge yes. over Christmas yes. from the relentlessness. What oh, has been totally. fantastic in the last few weeks yes. at, that we've come out of lockdown is that the community has just gone on, on steroids in yeah. terms of things that are happening. Oh, yeah. So there's event after event after event, yeah. which are a fantastic way to reconnect with people. And I've, I've missed so much, missed those conversations. But I'll be, I'll be glad to stop. Yeah, for a couple of days, yeah. uh, and just uh, recharge it, with family. Interesting how you say summer and people go sun, <sighs> and we've gone rain. Oh my God. <laughs> and I mean, it's so wet underfoot for us. But yeah. it'll be very interesting to see if we will have some sneaks of sun coming through and everyone out and having you know time outside, which is what was lacking. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, I think we're in for a, a mm. pretty wet summer. Yes. Uh, I did comment to my husband, I don't think we'll be doing much swimming this summer. <laughs> Needs no. to be really hot and the water really warm for me to take yeah. a dip in a pool. Yeah, no, uh, I don't think we will but, either. But it is just that recharging and mm. reconnecting with family mm. who, you know, people, some people haven't seen family for a mm. good couple of years, 18 months mm. uh, so I know there'll be some lovely things that happen. It's about getting down to the simplicity of it isn't it really you know it's the simple smile it's the laughter that's so very good for you and I'll go back to a mental health thing again that you're so correct people end up with anxiety issues because they don't know to take that notice that comes along and go, I'm having a break. Yeah. Recharge. I'm probably the most guilty of not not, not taking a break. But I, I think it sometimes depends. So if you really love what you're doing, yeah. it's really not a job. That's exactly and right. And I think that's a big difference in it. And it is also learning the art of no. And no for self-preservation so you can then give more again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I also think what we've appreciated, there are really, some really good things that have come out mm. of COVID. I mean, people are much more digitally literate. Oh, got you. We yeah. can do so much more mm. and that is going to open things up in, mm. in the future for people. Um, but also appreciate the mo appreciating the moments. Mm. You know, a, a, the small moments rather than really big things. That's right. Uh, 
you know, I, so I think, I hope as a community we'll reflect back and keep some of the good things that came out of it. Uh, not just think of it as, a, as, as some of the very challenging um, and difficult things, but yeah. we do know that there is a mental health toll yeah. that is already mm. well and truly emerging. You know, for you and me as slightly older mm. people mm. in the community... Slightly. Having, yeah, having, Slightly, a okay. year, <laughs> having a year or two out of our lives that yeah. is very restricted, mm. it, it's hard but mm. it doesn't necessarily fundamentally change us. But for young people in their teenagers, mm. in their formative years, for babies and children for oh, whom totally. those personal interactions are so much part yeah. of their development. Yeah. Um, I've certainly taken a bunch of evidence from experts, especially around teenagers. Yeah. At the very time teenagers are pulling away from their families as they explore the world, yes. we stop them from doing that. We, yeah, cancelled And it. I've had lots of them say, look, it was there were some really good things and yeah. I'm closer to my siblings yeah. and others going, oh, my goodness, it was really hard. Yeah. Uh, but but that is in terms of development. That's a time when teenagers are meant to be stretching their wings a bit, yeah. and we had to stop them from doing that. Yeah. So there's it'll be interesting to see what the how they ramifications are of yeah. that, and how we support them yeah. to you know to get where they need to go. Yeah, I'd, I'd hope that there wouldn't be a lot of ramifications, as we said that there look there was in some ways and. As being a therapist, I mean, in private practice, I had people coming to me with problems with COVID, not being able to handle it. But sometimes it was because we were concentrating so much on not being able to, we forgot that we could actually open up our own resources and opportunities to things that were there that we would never have done before. Yeah. You know, learning a language. That's right. Never would have done that before. I did not improve my Spanish during (laughs) lockdown, unfortunately. (laughs) But, you know, there's a lot of things that people could have done. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it's happened. It's the end of the year. We're coming up for Christmas and... Thank you so much for coming in today. I appreciate you spending the time here. It's a pleasure. Can can I add one thing? You can do that. There's a new mental health service that's available. Literally just started this week, this last week in the Hawkesbury. Hasn't been widely advertised yet. Mm. Um, It's called Head to Health. It's a pop-up mental health service. Mm. uh, And it's actually based in... Um, Dr. Phil Chen's North Richmond practice yep. temporarily. Yep. He's hosting it, but it is separate to him. Mm. Uh, and you can get to it. It's, it isn't a one-off, you make one phone call and, and then the next time you call you get someone different. It's yep. actually a bit like a headspace for grown-ups. Okay. So where you can you go in and hopefully it's a no-wrong-door policy yeah. and they can link you in with the professional. Yeah. And it might just be one conversation because things are just you know built up might be a counsellor you're talking to, it might be referral to a psychologist. And they have capacity. Mm. I was speaking to the head of the Primary Health Network last week Mm. and there is capacity for them to take people on. Okay. So I'm going to give you a number, which is one... There's a a sticky thing there. We can write it down so you've got it in case anyone needs it. Okay, so... It's called Head to Health Pop-Up Hawkesbury... Now, remember, I don't do shorthand. Okay. No, that's right. Mm. And it is um, yep. 1-800-595-212. Yep. Um, but it isn't just a phone service, but that's your way to access it. Yep. And, you know, if people 
just think, I'm just not myself again. I'm not yet back to being myself. That's just, you can make a call if it's something even more complex mm. than that. Mm. And I understand they also have some capacity for younger people too. Yeah. So I just think it's worth getting that. I think out. your key there was it's a conversation, all right? And it's so often that when people have a conversation, they feel so much better. So, you know, to open up the doorway to be able to just have a conversation, to know that there's a place to go sometimes can be a massive relief to a lot of people. Yeah, and and look, I'm really supportive of all these services. I don't think that's all we need here, but no. it's um, another it's way. It is a step. And, so, you, know, you know, at least we talk about this stuff now. Yeah. Ten yeah. years ago, it was, you know, a big dark secret. Uh, it is, yes. Suicide's a naughty word where, you know, it really is a very... It's it's sad that people get to a point in their life that they feel that hopeless. That's and right. when you have places like this that pop up, it can maybe give that bit of hope to people. That's exactly so, right. Yeah, no, I think that's great. Um, anything else? No. We, we, I'm sure people are sick of hearing me talking, Catherine. <laughs> I want to get back to some music. Oh, good on you. Okay. <laughs> All right, well, look, thank you very much for coming in. It was good to have you here and hopefully we'll chat later in the new year. And I hope everyone has a wonderful, peaceful, relaxing, yes. flood-free, bushfire-free Christmas. Yes, yes, yummy food and plenty of laughter. Indeed. Thanks a lot, Susan. Thanks, Catherine.